Hey, Jesus fans, welcome to True North Podcast, where we grow closer to God together. This podcast was brought to you by Solid Rock Church in Irving, Texas, and our host, Pastor Ed Snyder. To find out more about this podcast, visit our website at truenorthdfw.org. Now let's join Pastor Snyder in a new direction and a new destination. All right, all right. Welcome back to another great, great episode of True North Podcast with your host, yours truly, Pastor Snyder. We want to say thank you to all of our listeners that are doing the downloads and listening to the content. We deeply, deeply appreciate you. And of course, we want to direct you or redirect you back to truenorthdfw.org to our website. We've got some new stuff that's coming up. Follow us on Twitter, of course, twitter.com forward slash Ed Snyder. I uh, got a lot of stuff going on there. The book tour is coming together. I'll be in Maryville, Tennessee, uh, September the 17th and 18th at a men's conference. So again, it's great things that are happening, and we're glad that you're back for another great episode. Today, we're going to be talking about Train the Beast, Revitalize the Positive Inner Man. So grab a pad of paper, grab a pen, get a cup of coffee. We'll be right back. All right. As we have followed the chapters of our new book, uh, Control the Beast, A Guide to Managing Your Emotions, I hope you've enjoyed this, but we're getting down to chapter 12 now of the book, and we probably will take a couple of episodes to break down Train the Beast, Revitalizing the Positive Inner Man. It's so important as we have made this journey together, how we have uh, looked at all of the aspects of our emotions, the power of understanding, the mechanics of emotions, the biology of emotions, uh, triggers, what is in your environment, cleaning up your environment. Uh, as we have journeyed into identifying and diffusing our negative emotions, we've talked about relationships. Uh, those were very uh, high numbers in downloads on those. People really enjoyed those episodes. And so now we're, we're winding down. Once we realize of our negative emotions that's within us, the damage perhaps that it has done, the relationships that we have perhaps damaged and or even lost. And of course, that comes into that toxic relationship episode, uh, that we've done in the past. Go look it up in our, in our, on our website, truenorthdfw.org. And, uh, and so now it's very important to realize, okay, we've got an understanding. We understand how everything works. We understand how the emotions fire. Uh, we understand about the relationships and how we need to nurture those good relationships. We have realized the triggers. We have cleaned up our environment. And we have also uh, identified and starting to learn how to diffuse our emotions. And so we, we now is it's very, very important that we take care of nurturing the positive inner man. Last two episodes was very important episodes on rebuilding what the beast has destroyed. Now, of course, if you haven't caught on yet, beast, the beast that we're referring to is those negative emotions, those those anger, the the depression, the anxiety, the fear that perhaps have plagued us. 
uh, the the I don't know how to have a good relationship type thing. And so now it is vital that we revitalize the inner man. In other words, we now start creating the positive emotions. We talked about that again early in the book of how we need to reprogram reprogram ourselves because we are all too prone because of our society to gravitate toward negative emotions. Kick the cat, yell at the kids, you know, complain about dinner and everything else. We have to purposely create positive emotions to get us in a balance of negative and positive emotions. So this this episode and probably next week uh, episode is going to be vital in understanding, and we are always referring back to that technique, the power of understanding, how powerful understanding is when you understand the why, the how come, the what for, where it's coming from, the history of it. It helps us deal with our present and our future a whole lot better. All right, so here we go with some understanding about training the beast. We all have the beast. We all have that set of emotions that are not good, that doesn't feel good. Uh, that 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 beast uh, has instincts that live within us, yet we're human and not animals. Maybe that's why uh, when humans act out of control or do something out of the norm, other people call them animals. You've heard the phrase, I'm sure. Sure, those animals killed by fill in the blank. Animals are hardwired to follow a pattern of conduct, a set of survival instincts that are built into them. We also possess some of those traits. However, animals have no choice when they feel threatened. They will do all that is necessary to protect their young and to survive. There is one primary factor that differs between us as people and animals, and that is a moral conscience or, in other words, a moral compass that has built into us. The animals does not have a choice we do. You have a choice whether to react in a negative way or to react in a positive way. You have the choice to look at something in a positive light or a negative light. It's your choice. So here's something else we got to keep in mind that your inner beast is just that and a wild animal. Uh, And in the instance of lions and tigers that are carefully and strategically trained to be around people, they can never go, uh, uh, they can, excuse me, they can even go for years, uh, for years without incident, but you cannot conclusively predict the behavior of that lion or that tiger. They're still wild animals at heart, even though perhaps they were born in captivity, they had developed that uh, that tight relationship with their trainer, they have learned to love, they have felt the love, but yet there is that instinct that's buried within them that all of the sudden they react 
and they react in a, in a very wrong way. It's unpredictable. The trainers, the notable trainers that, that have been in existence for years that we have watched very closely, how they have made a, a lion or a tiger, almost a household pet, have been mauled and killed by their beloved animals. So it, it really is something that we have to take a look at. A trainer cannot let down its guard for a moment, such as ourselves. We cannot let down for one moment on the beast that exists within us. We've got to stay on guard, and we've got to keep that beast trained. So, uh, again, we, we have asserted that anger and negative emotions or attitudes discard uh, of, of others is a normal part of nature. What is not normal is when the anger is abnormal and reaches the level of abuse or or violence with emotional or physical uh, outturns. So thankfully, most of us have a sense of right and wrong and realize when we cross the line, here's the problem. We also know of the blame game. So we get into when we get caught in a bad situation, we react negatively, we start back into the blame game. We've done again a, a previous episode on that, taking responsibility of what belongs to you. So again, folks, we, we've got to realize we can't get into the blame game. We must continually teach and encourage biblical and moral values. We need to establish that solid foundation in our values and our belief system. The enemy of that system is situational ethics, self-centered philosophy, and gross materialism. I am an apostolic Pentecostal. However, all across all Christian fundamental church beliefs are the Ten Commandments. They start they ha- that at that starting point is the foundation to start building a stable platform of moral values that you can live by and begin the process of separating the human from the beast. So the next factor is that of self-control. Okay, the animal kingdom is all about power struggles for dom- dominance. Uh, some people who do not, don't even realize it, we go into a store and take everything we want and walk out without paying. You know, it's that's kind of uh, uh, not so good a trait, you know, that that's not going to end well. Or we don't fill uh, the car with gas and or we fill the car with gas and then we drive off without paying. Uh, again, if we if we do any of these, society will censor us. And we will be in trouble for it. And there will be consequences for our actions. In a perfect world, these things never happen. But we don't live in a perfect, ideal world. We can enjoy a better world, though, if we work on ourselves and teach others to do the same. So, looking at at some scripture, we need to understand that the scripture says, What know ye not? that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 19. Now, here's something that we're going to start getting down to some principles, maybe some things that we need to do. I'm going to get into, of course, I'm, I'm going to get into the steps and that conscience that is actually known as our moral compass 
we've got to bring that back to the surface, okay? Uh, the principle of, of a conscious life, the vital principle of humans, you know, we've got to work on that. Everyone has a fundamental spirit or i.e. personality or nature. Everyone houses the possibility to accommodate good and evil. The bad in us pushes us to violate the good and attempt to drown our conscience voice when we give improper conduct uh, that will also cause our moral compass to veer away from the moral correctness. So when we lose our way, we cannot tell the difference between what is morally right and what is morally wrong. So to truly nurture the positive inner man, we give way to the spirit of goodness. To push ourselves toward that, we must have help of the ultimate nature of integrity and virtue, which is God's Spirit or the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit is is sent to us to provide direction, encouragement, to do good, and it's it's hard reset of that moral compass. Let's take a look at John chapter 16 and verse 13. The Bible there says, However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will give you into all truth or guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. So suppose we choose not to nurture this positive inner man. Uh with the with the direction from the Bible, ladies and gentlemen, this actually leaves us very vulnerable to a negative nature with which we are born with. The Bible speaks to the fact that we were born and shapen in iniquity. Nobody out here in our listening audience, I don't think, has ever taught your children how to lie, but they do. I don't think anybody has take a course in stealing but we do steal. It's a natural instinct that is within us that has to be retrained not to steal or not to lie. So we've got to realize that we will succumb to its ways, that negative uh, nature that is in us, which leads to emptiness, which leads to daily darkness, which leads to more anger, more frustration, more negativity in our life. So the first significant barrier to nurturing the positive inner self really and and of course, the I've uh, let's see, I'm I'm kind of stuttering here because I don't have percentages, but a large portion of our listening audience is folks that believe, folks that are filled with the Spirit. We have a lot of church folks, but our goal and and our uh, mission is to get the non-church listening to True North podcast so that we can discover the True North. Because when you find True North. You can get anywhere in life, and that true north is the Lord, is God, is the Word of God, is the infilling or the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So, again, the first significant barrier to nurturing the positive inner self is refusing a relationship with God. God is the base of 
any of our relationships and every part of our relationship. To have a connection with God teaches us how to have a genuine connection with others. It's training. It's on-the-job training. When you learn how to have a great relationship with God is also the same principles can bleed over in how to have a genuine relationship with your spouse, with your children, with your coworkers, with your friends, your acquaintances. Uh, again, there's another episode in our, in our queue of nine levels of relationship. Go listen to it and, and study it. All right? Now, the basis of of all of our relationships must be trust and trust is really uh the hardest thing for us humans to deal with or to have because trust has been broken by our society so many times a failure to trust god builds a wall that really folks is impossible to climb spiritually we cannot develop without trust The Bible speaks to trust in the Lord and lean not to thine own understanding, but in all thy ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. So if you cannot learn to trust in God, then who can we trust in? Now, I'm going to say a word and I want you to pay attention to what you think when you hear this word, intimacy. Now, when you hear that, uh, where did your mind go? More likely, your thoughts went to physical intimacy, which exposes the physical part of our bodies with all of its imperfections. But what about the emotional side? Intimacy. What about the emotional intimacy? One, the one that opens the door into the chambers of our human personality. This intimacy also requires full disclosure. When we are going to be emotionally, uh, have emotional uh, intimacy, then it's going to take a full disclosure. Now, of course, we're talking about the first and foremost in the nine levels of relationship is establish a relationship with God. For us to have a good, solid relationship with God, we have to be totally disclosed or exposed in our emotions. Now, some people refuse to become emotionally intimate due to fear of what others are going to see and what others are going to say. You know, that, again, back to the nine levels of relationship episode, we also talked about best friend, the level of relationship that we call best friends. What do you do in that best friend relationship? You totally expose yourself emotionally. You are, you have an emotional intimacy to a level. I'm not talking about love and sex. I'm talking about love and appreciation for my best friend. But you are emotionally exposed in the fact that you share with your best friend things that you don't share with acquaintances or good friends or any of those other categories. Why? Because you trust them. So again, we're talking about revitalizing the positive inner man, and this is how we're going to get there. All right? Now, this intimacy makes us vulnerable. And we fear someone will abuse that vulnerability. But you have to be willing to take a chance or, in other words, take a risk. 
Folks, I want to tell somebody out there that's listening. I just kind of feel this in my spirit. Risk is not an abnormal thing. If you realize that we take risk every day of our life. When we get up in the morning, that's a risk. When we get in our car and drive across big city traffic, that's a risk. When we ask somebody out on a date, that's a risk. You're risking getting turned down. You're risking getting in a car accident. You're risking all kinds of things when you just wake up in the morning and start your day. So we need to realize that risk, taking a risk, is really not a big thing to us because we do it every day of our life. And so again, being being emotionally intimate with somebody, or in other words, developing a strong, positive relationship with somebody, mainly God, and two, to people that we trust, Again, we have to take the chance. We got to be willing to take the chance. Authentic, long-term relationships will not be developed otherwise. Remember, God knows everything about you already. You know, you, you have no surprises for God. He knows the number of the hairs on your head. And so he's waiting on you to lower the first barrier and begin to trust and take a chance. The second barrier uh, is is our our warped, twisted view of God. Really, folks, come on, let's be honest with ourselves. We are brainwashed by a godless society to embrace these views. Even when uh, we even call these views the real us, God is not a giant puppet master who wishes to control, judge, and punish us. Get that. Understand that. He is a God of love. He is a God of mercy. He's a God of grace. He's a God of patience, and he's a God of compassion. He created us for fellowship. He created us for friendship. He created us for relationship. And the Lord built into our DNA a need to communicate, a need to identify with him. We can't escape it. There's going to be a hole in our our heart if we don't fill it with God's love and a relationship with God. We just can't uh, uh, escape it. If we negate our need for God, then the positive aspects of human existency are reduced to negative elements such as hate, suspicion, hostility, mood swings, tensions, self-exorption, and more. So we've got to realize that this second barrier is our warped, twisted view of God. You know, God, in fact, some people say, oh, God doesn't really exist. Mm, Okay, all right, read your Bible and compare it to present society, and then come back to me and tell me that, all right? You and I both know willpower only goes so far. I've been on enough diets to realize willpower only goes so far. To advance in your success, to control the beast, you will need more power to overcome. Now, yeah, I'm going to give it to you. Yeah, you you can you can get a positive attitude in your own mind, and you can purpose to do uh, good, and it's going to happen. You will succeed for a while, 
and then it's going to the first major thing that hits you, the first major crisis, kaboom, your world's going to get blown up and you're going to be right back to where you started. And so that's where willpower only goes so far. You've got to advance into a deeper, stronger, more powerful uh, power to overcome the things that we really need help to overcome. Look, folks, let's 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 be honest with ourselves. We are very complex beings. God is also complex, uh, but not to the point that we can never understand him. We cannot view God as a one-dimensional being. When we do, we block his ability to nurture us, okay? Release his ability to work in your life, and you release your maximum potential. If you want, uh, if you want an anger management solution that's going to last through a time, you must include God in your life strategies. Listen, folks, you're listening to a person that has lived this. I I wrote the book, but I didn't write the book because I've got a college education in it. I didn't write the book because I read somebody else's book and, and I've quoted it. I have lived this life. So therefore, my credentials to speak to you on this is my 40-plus years of working on this and and experience it. Go back again to the very beginning, the Power of Understanding episode, and you'll hear a little bit about my personal story. So, again, we've got to realize, you and I both know, this willpower thing only goes so far. The third major barrier to to spiritually develop Uh, when a person denies God access to their inner kingdom or emotions. Again, men and men are especially prone to this blockade. Now, again, the third barrier is to, to spiritually develop when a person denies God access to your kingdom. First, the last one, the second one was the warped, twisted view we have God uh, of God. Now we're looking at the fact that we are blocking, we are denying God access to our heart, to our emotions, to our inner kingdom. Now, again, men, we are prone to this blockade. Although males are are more open to this recently. It can, it can still be a difficult for many. Men tend to resist their access to their feelings because, you know, we've got to be the man. we got to man up. Men don't cry and all this stuff. But women can also be prone to this as well. They damn excess to their spirituality until it keeps building up. Then you are left to the dreads of negativity with no spiritual outflow. Hatred, jealousy, bitterness, anger builds up with no outlet for purging of these toxins. Our toxic uh, uh, passion requires purification, okay, of spirituality through Jesus Christ. When he is pure fountain, flows through and flushes out all the deadly toxins of negativity into the sea of forgetfulness. So if you want spiritual empowerment daily, you have to recognize the need for personal devotions. And if your spiritual life is either weak or non-existent, you need to follow the right path to a better experience. 
Jesus Christ is not just one way to personal empowerment, but he is the only true way since the beginning of time. So your spirituality must begin with a personal relationship with the Almighty God. So spirituality, where does it begin? It begins with prayer. Humans need to speak with God, their creator, daily. This cannot be self-absorbed, self-driven, or one-sided relationship. It must be of one of respect, thankfulness, and surrender. Spirituality cannot thrive unless there is an environment of appreciation and mutual consideration. So fill your time, uh, your personal prayer with uh, devotional time, giving Jesus thanksgiving and a grateful heart. This process allows a place for cleansing of those inner demons, those inner fears, those inner concerns. And the Bible states that a person's thoughts determine their true nature. Philippians chapter 4 in and verse number 8 in the amplified version says finally believers what it, what whatever is true whatever is honorable and worthy of respect whatever is right and confirmed by God's word whatever is pure and wholesome whatever is lovely and brings peace whatever is admirable and of good repute if there is any excellence if there is any thing worthy of praise Think continually on these things. Center your mind on them and implant them in your heart. So we've got to control the beast by controlling the material that we read, that we see, that we watch. We need to read positive, spiritually orientated material. Read the Bible through over a period of a year and see what happens. If, if that's not possible, at least read specific passages of the Bible daily. Psalms, Proverbs, uh, the book of Acts are fabulous places to start. Learn to meditate upon God's word. What is meditation? Eastern religions and New Age cults practice a mindless meditation form to discover what they believe to have uh, to be a divinity hidden within themselves. Biblical meditation is totally different. It is neither mindless nor self-centered. Biblical meditation is reflective thinking with an application view. You think about God's ways and align your heart with his will and his purpose. All right, we're going to we're going to stop right here cuz we are out of time. Next next week we are going to be talking more about meditation, biblical meditation. I'm going to talk to you about four the four or excuse me, the 5 P's method of of uh biblical meditation. So thank you for joining us today here at True North Podcast. Couple of things, don't forget, join us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash Ed Snyder. If you'll follow me and identify of True North Podcast listener, I will follow you back. Go visit truenorthdfw.org on a regular basis. Become a member of the True North community. And of course, take care of yourself. Have a great day on purpose. And more than anything, develop your relationship with God. Until next week. Thank you for joining us at True North Podcast. You can find us on iHeartRadio or any other podcasting platform. If you want to have any questions, visit us at truenorthdfw.org. 
We'll catch y'all next week.